Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Doug, what's a good word, my guy? Man, I'm still tired, bro, from last weekend. (laughs) I was just thinking the same thing. Hey, Doug, I'm glad you said that because I was sitting over here thinking like, Man, why was I so tired all week? I'm like, I wonder if A-Duff feel the same way, because that All-Star weekend, bro, it wore me out. <laughs> man, I went back to work press, tired as hell. I'm like, <laughs> man, I don't know if I'm making it through this week, but I'm glad we made it to the end, man. Dude, right? It, it's crazy, all this, because A-Duff and I, man, we obviously covered the WNBA All-Star weekend, which we're going to get into here in a second. But we had all those events that was going on that weekend. Then we had other games we had to cover over the course of this week. Bro, it's, it's just been one of those weeks where I'm just like, man, I'm just so glad the weekend is here on the horizon. Man, we can use a little small break, Chris. Just a little bit, baby. Just a little bit. But hey, man, let's let's talk about it now because we did cover that event, A-Dub. So, thinking back on the last weekend, WNBA All-Star Weekend was in our city. Man, talk to them about, man, how that experience was for you. What was memorable to you, man? Man, it was a dope experience, Chris. But what was memorable to me, man, was just seeing Ali quickly win that fourth. Three-point shootout contest, man. I mean, she was just killing it, man. And you know what she's been through all season press, you know, the injury. Yep. And then get to where she's at, man. To kill that, I was like, whoa, that's just dope. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And also seeing her wife and Candace Parker right there cheering. It, 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 is so, it says so much about Candace Parker, right? Because she was rocking Allie Quigley's college jersey. She was her biggest cheerleader along with Courtney Vandersloot. But, man... She didn't want none of the attention on her. Media was trying to come over to talk to Candace. Candace was walking away. <laughs> she wanted none of that, man. None at all. She wanted Allie Quigley to enjoy that moment. Like, hey, this is your moment, your time. You deserve it. That's just a true leader right there. No, I agree with you, Andres. That was a hell of a moment. The fact that that event wasn't open to fans was a shame. I think that the WNBA, while it's growing in popularity, the league itself, itself has to do a better job of marketing this event. It should have been open to the fans. That should have been an event that should have been at Wintrust. Allie Quigley should have done that in front of 10,000 people. Man, that would have been dope. I'll give those people who were there credit because <laughs> they were loud too. But, man, it would be even more amazing for us how we had other fans there. 
Yeah, that was only the girls that was there for the Nationals, their parents, Chicago Sky season ticket holders and media. That was it. Yep. And I just thought that, man, that was a missed opportunity because you had a Chicago player that turned it up. She turned it out. And she turned it out, bro. She turned it out, turned it up in, in the hometown, friends, you know what I'm saying, of the team she played for, Chicago, Chicago Scott. So to do it in your hometown, man, that's what you want to do with that. That's what you want to have the fans at. Yes, sir. I would say, man, that was a dope one. I would I would think – I think back to last weekend and I say A-Dub was a tremendous experience. I'm honored and humbled that we were credentialed to cover that for our platform. First and foremost, that was our – first major all-star event that we've covered on this platform. And so for me right there, it was surreal just being there next to Sports Illustrated, Vogue Magazine, Associated Press. I'm sitting here like in Chicago State of Mind Sports is right next to them. And, you know, and that was humbling, bro. But at the same time, A-Dub and I, we're not going to take no victory laps. This is just the beginning. But I was very proud of that moment. That was Friday night at the Orange Carpet. I was looking around. I was seeing the type of media outlets that I'm surrounded by. And the fact that we were in that building with that access to the players, seeing those ladies go across that red carpet, man, showing their different styles, showing their personalities. See, it's one thing to see these athletes play, but then when you get them out there in that red carpet and you see who they really are, that's a part of what makes this thing great. Because now you see the, them as people, because that's what they are at the end of the day. They just are talented at what they do. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Perez. And the good thing, they down to earth. Wouldn't to talk to your friends. You write their personality, you get to see. And the thing I like as well, you were talking about, is the swag, man. I love to see the diversity in that part of it. So that's just yep. a dope experience in itself. And then the last thing is the fact that we pulled up on Coach Wade. You know, you you caught up with him after Ali quickly made history. And you and, and Coach Wade, y'all had a nice little conversation over there, man. Coach Wade is down to earth, man. You know what's crazy? I kind of saw him walk into the building, but I didn't think I'd get a chance to talk to him on the court. But anyhow, it happened, right? So... It was just a good experience of talking with him about the team. He and I going back and forth about what was going well, what he saw, what actually made this team now start to gel going forward with the chemistry and all that stuff. So Coach Wade was just down to earth, willing to talk about his team and in a good light. So salute the coach. Yeah, man, Coach Wade is a real one, man. I was really happy and proud to see him out there representing Chicago. I mean, dude, black coach, black executive, man. I can't say no, I can't say enough about you know what it means to see him here in this city, doing big things. Because if you look around at all the Chicago teams, Chicago Sky is probably one of the teams is probably the only one that's going to contend this year. I mean, you may yeah. say the Bulls may contend, but we'll see. But the Chicago Sky, I mean, look at what they're doing right now, A-Dub. Man, they on another level, Prez. They're picking up where they left off last season, right? Won the chip, you know, that won the chip last season. Now look at us now. Got a chance to repeat. And you got to salute Coach Wade for doing a good job on the offseason, et cetera, and also running the show and putting it all together with this mix of team members, team players here. So you got to give it up to the coach, man, of what he's been doing. No, I really do. So let's turn the page real quick, and let's talk about Sunday's All-Star game, right? Because, I mean, there was so much pomp and circumstance that weekend. You and I was on the rooftop. We had a media happy hour. That was dope. Yep. We were out there at the WNBA Live, the Chance Rapper concert. That was super dope. But, man, talk to the audience, man, about Sunday, man. How was Sunday for you? What was memorable about that experience? Ooh, we, man, Sunday was cool, man. I mean, I love that intro that Candace Parker got. Yes, sir. I was like, wow, this is what I'm talking about, baby. Salute to this lady who's from Chicago, 
plays for the sky as well and does some amazing things and now getting salute from actually representing us in the Chicago All-Star Game. So the way we presented her, the way we show appreciation, that was dope. She got her flowers. That, that was yeah. dope. Mm -hmm. I, I would say for me, just in addition to the fact that, again, <laughs> just humble, like walking in that building that day, and you probably saw it, and I, I was just kind of quiet for a couple seconds, just looking around, checking it out, like, damn, we about to cover an All-Star Game. Right. This is fucking dope. But then secondly, when that kind of, like, passed over me, then I thought about, wow, Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles this is going to be their last All-Star yes. Game. Right. So that was all where my mind went from that standpoint on. So to see Sylvia Fowles get that dunk man in the All-Star game, man, that place went crazy for That was <laughs> such a great play. Salute to her. I ain't know she still had the legs left for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? All this time, but man, she pulled the show with that, baby. That dunk, man, I was like excited just like everyone else was, man. But it's just good to see these ladies having a great time and also vouching for each other, you know, fighting for each other, supporting each other. Yeah, man, and also to the Brittany Griner tribute, so to the yep. point you're making about supporting each other. When they changed to the 42 jerseys in the second half, I thought that was fitting. I thought that the WNBA did a really good job of making sure that they shined the light on this situation with Brittany Griner. That's how you stand together in unity, Chris. They did a good job with that. So when they put those jerseys on, uh, the 42, I was like, wow, this is what it's about. This is how you show that. This is how you put things into perspective. And anyone outside of it feels a certain way, you kind of let them know that you all are aligned to what you're thinking and how you feel. So salute to the WNBA for showing that kind of appreciation and standing up for Brittany Grant. Right. Yes, sir. Now, the only thing that I am going, I'm going I'm to I'm talk shit about the WBA on two points. The first point they dub, I thought they could have done a better job from a planning standpoint. I think that the fact that Win Trust wasn't available due to another event being scheduled in WNBA, y'all got to do better. There's no reason yeah. why that three point shootout should not have been in Win Trust on Saturday. First thing. Second thing, when we was on the court when Kelsey Plum got that MVP trophy, that trophy was trash. That is the smallest motherfucking MVP <laughs> trophy I've ever seen in my life. That is no lie, bro. That is no lie. I was looking at it too, like, can I really see? Because you really can't really see it that well from a distance, really, Chris. But when you close up, you're like, wait a minute. That's all you guys going to give someone from winning MVP? They got to do better with that. I agree. Dude, somebody found that uh, that same exact trophy on Amazon, and this shit was like 20 bucks. And then they, they engraved it. Like, I'm sitting here like, the same exact trophy. That thing was so damn small. It looked like some <laughs> shit, like a little kid plays with in that dog kit. Like, it's like their little dollhouse kid. Like, that's what that shit looked like. And the Aces, they trolled that shit when they got back to their hotel. I don't know if you saw that, but on Instagram, they made a little spoof of, they was holding like a little juice box. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's crazy, bro. That is insane, man. But I feel no, they're not lying. Mm -mm. No, they're not lying at all. But I'll just say, man, like, I'm just really happy that our city showed up and showed out. I wish the fans would have been able to experience a little bit more. I know a lot of the events were closed off to the fans, but hey, yeah. they showed up on Sunday. That fucking crowd, man, that had finals vibes up in, in Win Trust, bro. Yeah, man, I felt that energy, Perez. It felt good, man. And us being there, Perez, you're right. It is definitely humbling, like you said before. But man, you got to salute the fans because they supported Chicago Sky. And that's what you want, to see the fan base come out there to hound that business like that. 
Yeah, they listen, they came out to support our local players, but I think they also just came out to support the W in general. And we yeah. talk about this league being a league that often gets overshadowed by the NBA. The fact yep. of the matter is, is that the NBA has to do a better job of supporting this league. And I also think that people need to get behind this league. There's so many people, man, like in passing, like when I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, me and, and my, my co-founder, we're covering WNBA All-Star. They're like, oh, we didn't even know that was going on this weekend. Okay. Biggest event going on in the city right now outside the taste. What are we talking right. about? Exactly. Everyone should know that this is going down, Fred. It shouldn't even be a secret. It shouldn't be, oh, I didn't know kind of a thing. If you live in Chicago or scroll through Chicago and area, you should know what's popping. And that WNBA All-Star Weekend, you should know that's popping. So we got to do better with that. Well, they, they, WNBA definitely got to do better with it for sure. Yeah, because when the, when the, when the NBA All-Star Game was going on here a couple of years ago, everybody knew about that. Yep. <laughs> and that whole weekend was a vibe out here. And so my, my point of just saying that is that the WNBA – the marketing team, the commissioner, they got to do better. This is a great product. I'm telling you, it's really good basketball. And I just wish that people actually supported these ladies because when you see them out there on the court, it's some good-ass basketball being played. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, man, look, this is a, a team here that's really good, for one, in Chicago. But they, like you said, there are others, man. You know, they got some other young talent out there. You saw with the dream. With uh, Ryan Howard, it's just so much young yes, so much talent in the league, you know, WNBA, that you got to get behind these young ladies. It's a, it's a good product, like you're saying, Prince, and I agree. Oh, man, Ryan Howard, she is a, she's a bucket. I mean, that's the thing. That's she a rookie and already coming in the league, making a name for herself. We saw Kelsey Plum last yep. year, six man, six man of the year. Now playing an all-star game and the MVP. I mean, dude, like there's just so much talent out there. Asia, don't forget about her. She yep. going to remind you that she's that deal. And I'll tell you what, boy, that Aces team, I can't wait to that Commissioner's Cup, A-Dub. That's going to be a hell of a matchup between us and, uh, and the Aces, bro. Man, that's going to be a tough, tough matchup, man, because that Aces team is no joke, man. Like you said, with Aja Wilson, Plum, Gray, they, they loaded, man. And we're loaded, too, so that makes for a good heavyweight match. Shit, don't forget about Hamby. Our hands full. It's going to be a great matchup, and we'll be there covering that one as well, July 26th. But A-Dub... After thinking about the, the whole haze of All-Star Weekend, right, you and I talked about how we retired. And I kind of thought, well, let's have a four All-Stars on the team that we're going to see a little rust out there on the court. Especially I was thinking from Candace Parker because I'm thinking, man, Candace was getting pulled in all these different directions all weekend, showing up to these events, long days, late nights. Shit, I couldn't tell, man, in that game against the fucking uh, Dream. 31-11, they Man, she picked up where she left off at. <laughs> like you said, man, she came out just on fire, man. And it just shows you what kind of leader she really is. She can put the ball in basket press. She can help run the show. She can do it all. And she should show no signs of any kind of rust. So, like you're saying, coming up an all-star, you're right. You would think they're kind of tired, right? Nope, not these ladies. They ready to go. No, I mean, Candace, like you said, she came out the gate firing. I mean, she was three for three, seven points in the first couple of minutes of the game. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of them nights, huh? <laughs> okay, okay, I see what you all. <laughs> right, right. And thank God that she came out firing like that because the rest of the team, they kind of looked like they were kind of sleepwalking a little bit, right? I mean, right. Kalia Copper, she, she chipped in 23 points, but it was Candace that was kind of holding down the fort 
the most, the pretty much majority of the game until Khalil Copper started to turn up a bit there in that second half. Yeah, man, Khalil Copper, like, look, hey, I, I'm here the ball too. Like, hey, don't forget about me. I'm here. You know, she was doing a backdoor thing, you know, getting them passes and then just turned it up, Perez. So I'm like, look, if you got a duo going on right here that's cooking, let them cook because Copper came to the back of Candace Parker. She done a good job that game. And well, this was one of the things too, and I asked Coach Wade about this in the presser, A-Dub. I, I noticed that every time Kai got the ball, that they were trapping her and they had two bodies on her. And I yeah. asked him, I said, hey, you know, what type of adjustments did, did, uh, did, did she make? And, and, and Coach Wade was pretty matter of fact. He said, look, he said, I got Candace Parker over here on this side. I got Emma over there on the other side. He said, so you double her, we're going to make you pay. <laughs> That's it, really. Simple as that. You pay because this team can shoot, Perez. They can shoot. They got playmakers on this team. You will pay. Mm -hmm. And not to mention Allie Quigley. So it's like, man, pick your poison. <laughs> right. If you leave Allie Quigley, you know she's making that three now, Perez. She's Splash. Telling that. Splash. So you can't really leave her open, right? And then you already talked about Venice before, man, what she's been able to do. Right. And now she's closing too. So you're right. You want a double team, Copper? You in trouble. Three other All-Stars and other good role players. You in hell of trouble. You can't really double-team nobody on this team, really. At, at any point, it's going to be difficult. No, don't do it. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either, friends, because this team is too smart. They take quality shots at that. So it's like they're not going to do anything bad, really, friends. So they're not going to beat themselves. So you got to really earn a victory against the Chicago Sky team. So they play well together, man. Now, one thing, though, I give the Atlanta Dream credit. Now, what uh, one of the biggest things from this game is that Ryan Howard got shut down. I mean, we just got to yes. give her, 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 her flowers early on in the show. Ryan Howard had two points at the half in this game, in, this, in the game with seven points. I thought Kalia Copper and others did a really good job of containing her in this ballgame. Man, she was the target, Chris. <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, going to this game, like, look, we're not going to let this young phenom come in here or and try to do her thing. We're going to put a stop to that. At right now, so let know we we here. We got a couple of good defenders, like you said, Prez. You're right, Khalil Copper's gonna get the first stab at it, but we got some others who can also do a good job with Gardner coming off the bench. So it was like we all just played tough on her and made it difficult, and it showed in in the stat sheet. Like, hey, what about by shocker that she only had about seven points? They really put the clamps on there and target her. And another thing, though, I give the Atlanta Dream credit for is that they are not the same team that they were earlier in the season when we faced them. And that was no. another thing I talked to Coach about. And he even said, like, look, Tanisha is an incredible coach, and he knows that, hey, listen, that team there, they're going to compete. And you saw in that matchup, boy, they made it a dogfight because going into the fourth quarter, a dub, the Dream were up. Yeah, yeah. And you hit a good point what you said, Chris, make the dog fight. They play physical, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they play physical and tough. Like, they're not going to give us anything. We have to put, let, let them know that, hey, look, we the big sisters around here. <laughs> we had to run them up in that, in that fourth quarter, man, to put up 30 on them. But, yeah, Chris, it was tough, man, going into that fourth quarter. But we had to figure them out and put an end to it, man. It was like checkmate then. But up to that point, it was a rough game. No, it was. But, like, to your point, how you said we put that 30 ball on them in that fourth quarter, that's when we pulled away. Because yep. it was like, it was 30 to 10, you know, there on out, you know, that we outscored them. And I want to give Emma Miesemann her, her flowers from this matchup because in that fourth quarter, A-Dub, she either scored or assisted on 18 of the 30 points that this guy scored in the fourth quarter. I was like, I had a little tracker there at the media row, and I'm sitting up there That's like, what's Emma. up. Yeah, I'm like, Emma over here, she, she <laughs> in her bag right now. Yeah, man, she had a nice little all-around game going, man. And that's one thing I like about Emma Perez is her – 
her IQ. She does make good decisions, right? Yep. Even for a big, and you're right, the passing ability to making sure she knows when players are going to cut, what they're going to do. Like, yep. they are on the same pace clicking, and Emma's a big part of that. So you're right, man. She was cooking it in the fourth. She's so skilled, bro. So skilled. Um, and I like I said, man, when when you and I talked about that in the offseason, when Coach Wade, executive Wade, made that move to bring him in here, yeah, I'm like, boy, that's a former MVP we bringing in here. <laughs> For real. And she's smart, too. Very smart. Yes, sir. Well, let's turn the page and talk about the Sparse game. So this was another victory that our Sky had, and this is the Rebecca Gardner game, man. If yeah. I, I would have told you, A-Dub, that there's a game that Candace Parker would have just been a little quiet. And the sky still won by double digits. Would you believe me? No, because that's what happened. That's what happened against the Sparks, bro. Rebecca Gardner to me pulling the show press with that double double. Yes, sir. Eighteen to ten off the bench, man, making some noise press, and that's in twenty five minutes. We talking about? Yeah, she came in and made a big difference in that game. I mean, because Candace Parker, I, I know I'm, I, I kind of teased it early. She was scoreless for the first time in her career. That's what y'all, we won by double digits. Even with that, but being scoreless, because this team is so unselfish, right? So unselfish, and they play so well together. But without Kenneth Parker even doing her job, we still won the game. Let's tell you how loaded this team really is. Yeah, and the, and the one thing that Coach Wade always talks about is he tries to balance everything out. And everybody he says on that team needs to feel important. And he always says, he says this all the time. He says, you never know whose night it's going to be. Right. And he said tonight it was our 32-year-old rookie's night. And he was right about that because to your point, A-Dub, double-double for Rebecca Garner. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Double-double big time. And the other thing on top of that, Perez, is pretty much the bench actually played well, Perez. The bench. <laughs> you know, you got um, Stevens also chipped in. Then the Evans came to play two Perez. It was like the bench really carried this and helped seal that deal. I was so glad to see Dana Evans getting some minutes, man, because I was looking at them stat sheets from a lot of the last couple games, and I'm like, man, free Dana Evans. Now, come on. <laughs> come on, Coach. <laughs> hey, Coach must have heard you, friends. Like, I'm going to throw in that game. And she came to play, showed up too. So we'll take it. Well, they needed a spark, and she came in there and brought it. But I, I want to piggyback off of something that you said that I want to make sure that the audience listens to. This is a loaded team. This is no longer a team where you're just dependent on Candace Parker to do this and do that. Now, right. while we know that Candace Parker can pick this team up and put it on, on her back, they don't necessarily need that night in and night out. And that is a benefit that Coach Wade has by having all this depth on this roster. Man, I'll tell you this, Prez. Coach Wade is over there smiling. <laughs> when he saw that game, looked at the stat sheet, he was like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because you're right, Prez. You make a good point, man. If Candace Parker don't do a scoring like that, you would think, but most people who don't watch the game like you and I do or cover the game like you and I do, they wouldn't know that. They would look and say, oh, Ken Sparkin is score. Absolutely, this guy lost. Yeah. Nope, not with this team. They are very good, man. And the bench is, to me, is a big key factor this season than it was last season because this season now, you know uh, the bench is actually there, the bench mob. Yes, sir. Well, we got the Dallas Wings up next. And I tell you one thing, that's going to be a nice little playoff like uh, matchup, you know, because the Dallas Wings, they're kind of a fringe team right now. They're trying to get into the playoff mix a little bit. This is going to be a good matchup for them to just kind of show people where they're at because they did beat us in the preseason. 
Yeah, and they want you know how it is in preseason prayers. Of course, that's the that's the measuring, trying to measure where you are. But now the season, all that stuff, you really want to see where you are. And you know this guy team been cooking, so you really want to get after them because now we're the ones that people are hunting now. Prayers. First of all, depending the champs and also having a good winning season going on, people are hunting us. So they want to try to test us. Audience, we're very, very excited about our Chicago Sky. They're definitely looking very good here. But one thing that I want to share with you guys, a coach Wade mentioned in the, in the presser, people are asking him, hey, you know, how are you feeling about the season? And he's like, look, I'm happy with where we are in the season right now, but the playoffs are a different beast. And so he's tempering expectations. And he wants people to realize that for him, he's happy, but he ain't going to let his foot off the gas. That's just smart coaching. You asked me for his by way. He's like, look, we're not going to get too comfortable with just regular season. Remember, we were like 12 and 12. We won the chip. So it's like, hey, we look, we done it. So what else can try to do the same thing, right, without having the great record? So we got to build our way up to trying to repeat and keep our foot on that gas. Like you're saying, man, we can't play any games. We got to keep that chemistry and consistency going. Yeah, because to that point, I think he those are his exact words. He said a number six seed won the championship last year. <laughs> you <Yep>. know, so, <laughs> so that's a really good point. And and the thing is that you know he's gonna keep his head on the swivel. <laughs> exactly. Coach Wade ain't playing around press. <laughs> he see it, man. Like, no, I'm not gonna lose a golden opportunity. No, we're gonna earn it, man. We're gonna win it all. Well, speaking of someone that's trying to keep his head on the swivel right now, Tony Rusa, hey dub. <laughs> As a Sox fan, man, I just continue to be more and more baffled by this man. And I know there's some people out here, they'll push back on me, and they'll be like, oh, man, Tyler Russo, man, he's a legend. Tyler Russo, man, he knows more about baseball than you. Well, I feel like the game has passed him by. I've told you guys that last season. Yeah. My standpoint, man, he continues to do these boneheaded things, and I'm just like, what is you on, bro? Like, what are you really doing? You know what I mean? Man, I don't know what your guy doing, but it just shows why. This year is a prime example why I was like, nah, man, not Tony La Russa. Because you're right, these decisions he's making prayers, you know, you were talking about it like, you know, when, when it came down to the pitching, the core out there, he'll walk somebody, nah, the pitchers already be pitching already. He's talking about walking players. It's like, come on, coach, what are you thinking, man? You walk somebody that got two strikes on. It's like, coach is doing so many things that it's so unorthodox, like, really is it smart decisions. And I think that's what it comes across when you look at Tony Ralusa. Are you making smart decisions? And so far, what I've seen, Perez, he's not doing that. No, I mean, think about the game against the Guardians. This is the one that pissed a lot of people off. We're down 4 nothing. The fifth inning, they got a runner on second base. There's two outs. So in that moment, you could probably say he should have probably intentionally walked the hitter to try to create an easier third out, right? Right. Well, he didn't do that at that moment. Then the Sox pitched to Ramirez. Ramirez is an 0-1 count, A-Dub. And then Tony Russo decides to intentionally walk him with an 0-1 count. <laughs> it's not smart. You're wasting pitches. <laughs> That's one. And then you're confusing the pitcher. Like, what are you trying to do here, man? Like, you're confusing us, like, big time. How can you stay on board with the manager when those kind of decisions happen, Perez? Why are you on the field? You're like... You get confused, man. Like, what are we doing here? I'm just, I'm just sorry, man. That looks like some stupid shit that somebody does in a video game when they're playing one of their boys at MLB. And that still don't even have logic if you do that in that situation. I didn't understand the move. And I'm sick and tired, man, of watching these games. And I'm over here looking at him and it's pissing me off every time I see him in a dugout. I didn't want him to be the manager when they hired, when they hired him. We right. know this was Jerry's boy. 
Yep. Rick Hahn didn't get to hire who he wanted to, and this is what we're stuck with. We're stuck with the guy that is ruining this season. And Ozzie Gian said it best, A-Dub. He called to the roots of Rick Renteria with credentials. <laughs> hey, look, Ozzie hold back on nobody. You know what I'm saying? He ain't going to hold back. But what I will say, friends, is you think about Tony La Russa, you got to get to understand that he may not be terminated during the season. That's not really how things are done in Chicago. He lets the guys finish out the season. So I don't really even see Tony La Russa getting fired like that during the season. They ain't firing him because that's Jerry's boy. Ain't nothing going to happen to him. They going to allow <laughs> Tony La Russa to, to retire or resign at the end of the season. They, they are not going to fire right. Jerry Reinsdorf's friend. Not going to happen. That's not the way it works. And when you look at this team right now, they're playing better as of late. The offense is clicking. My boy Mancata has been stepping it up. Luis Robert and Jose Abreu, they have been absolutely on fire. You saw what we've been doing to those twins. So there's still hope there, A-Dub, but I just look at that manager and I just get frustrated when I look at him, man. Hey, I look at, <laughs> I look and see what he's gonna do wrong next. That's all I'm counting. Like, okay, what are you gonna do next? Because you all may have a game in the bag, and like, or have a chance to win the game. Like, what's Tony Larusa gonna do to screw this up? I know he got some up his sleeve. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. It's it's beyond frustrating. But I tell you one thing, man. I'm just so happy that Johan Moncada's you know start to pick yeah. things up a little bit because a lot of Sox fans are going after him, you know. And and my thing is. If we can continue to keep having success in our division, knowing that the Twins are above us and we can keep knocking these guys off, man, I'm happy to see that we're making some progress in our division because we were underperforming for a majority of this season, A-Dub. You hit round the head a guy that does have a lot of talent, Frizz. That is Moncada, Frizz. He does. Get 20-plus home runs, whatever, right? It's the guy all-around player you talk about. So to see him now starting to get back rolling and gelling, man, that's just a good. That's a good sign. So I'm not surprised y'all put up 12 runs on the Twins. It caught them slipping anyway. But the thing is, you white stop just saying you're not gonna go away quietly, and that's the right thing to do to a team that's in the first place in the division. That's right. We got to take it to them. And with us winning them three games in a row, AW one victory away from 500, which we shouldn't be in that position right now. Right. But that's where we are. And my whole thing is when I look at this. There's been a lot of rumors this week. People saying that the clubhouse is has got clicks and it's a bad <laughs> vibe in the clubhouse. And there's all these reports that are coming out, which people are saying that they're coming from Dallas Keiko because his ass got pissed that they <laughs> right. But he out here letting go of family business. It probably is a bad clubhouse. Listen, man, when you losing, hey man, people don't want to lose, but winning right. cures all. And that's it right there, Perez, the win. It's, that's what you're all. And you hit a good point. There are players who are close to others. Okay, we get it. But when you get your butts kicked, ain't nobody happy, man. I'm going to go and talk to the guy who I'm cool with and share my frustration with him. I may not share with the entire team. So now right. we do like clicks right now, Perez. You're right. We do look clickish right now because we're mad. We're losing. No one's happy. So there are clicks. I didn't think anything major wrong with that. But yeah. you take the L, that's what it is. You lose Shit, you saw Jose Abreu in the dugout yesterday sliding and turning up and shit. I was like, hey, Jose, now you, you had, <laughs> your hip and shit was all messed up. Don't be doing all that shit now, bro. Hey, but that A's kick in, bro. Chill out. <laughs> like, well, what you doing, Jose? But I, I got the general premise behind it, man. He was trying to get things a little lit in there. I was like, all right, man, I see yeah. And it's good to see somebody take a leadership role. Of course, Abreu is the guy to see him take some leadership and bring the team together that way, Perez, in a fun manner. That's what you want to see, really, because I know it's been hard, like you say, being under 500. It's been tough for everybody because you're right. You don't expect to be in that position. 
but you're there now. So how we get out of it, you still got to show unity, work together and try to get guys going. And of course, when it going to cure it. Yes, it always does. Now, because we haven't been on here in, in a couple of weeks, we got a couple all-stars to talk about. First on the, on the, on the, on the South side, my boy T.A., he's an all-star starter. No surprise yes. there. I tell everybody every chance I get, best shortstop in baseball. I know he's kind of been slumping as of late. You know, there's been some things going on with T.A. I'm sure he'll get things buttoned up. But nevertheless, starting the all-star game. But I have to talk about what I thought was a big-time snub. And that was Dylan Cease. Now, Dylan Cease has become the ace of this staff this season. And the fact that he was left off the list of pitchers for the All-Star game, bro, that to me was beyond disappointing. I don't even know how that even happened, Chris, to be totally honest with you, man. Dylan Seas has been the guy that if you all have some losing streak going on or trying to start a losing streak, he'll be the guy that busts that through and say, no, nah, we're going to stop it right here. Right. You know, he's been, like you said, the consistent guy. I mean, 2.3 ERA, Chris, probably somewhere top when it comes to strikeouts. I mean, how does God not be on, you know, be on the All-Star team? I mean, to me, everything aligns up. So, you're right. To me, that's a clear snub. Yeah, I think he actually leads the league in strikeouts. And on top of that, he's got an 8-4 and four record, bro, with one of the worst offenses at times, you know, because we know how the, yep. the Sox offense can be a little stagnant. He got eight or four record with offenses, but kind of been so-so. And been hit with injuries, too, right? I had to throw that in there, too, Chris. Your team have took a lot of that injury list, been a lot on that injury list lately. So, yeah, you combine that, that's tough, man. And he still got eight, eight wins out of all that. True, but we also had injuries last season, too, and we prevailed. So I don't I don't want to make excuses about injuries, but I get your premise there. But the, the biggest point of the matter is, is that that was a big-time snub because when you look on the, on the north side, you guys are sending Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras to the All-Star. And I think Wilson Contreras is starting. Yeah. Now, Wilson Contreras, definitely. I knew he should be an All-Star. I felt he should be a starter as well, Prez. Because I'll tell you one thing. I don't see many catchers playing bad to him at this point. I mean, uh, not just I think the, he's, I think he's one of the I think he's one of the best catchers in the league, man. Me too. I mean, the thing is, he's – and if you add the leadership part component to it, Prince, makes it even better than what you and I talked a lot about with him. So it's like, hey, I'm not shocked because even though this team's not winning, he's still, hey, championing the team, still working with these young guys and still holding them to the standard. Like, look, he's got to get better, got to play better. And matter of fact, we're going to have fun doing it. So he has not slipped off his gameplay because of what's going on with the team. So I got to give it to him, man, that he's having one of his best seasons with the Cubs this year. Yeah, man, because let's just talk about it. I mean, the Cubs right now, they're in a bit of a, of a free fall. Seven in a row <laughs> that you guys have dropped. The Mets came in here and, and kind of put, put it on you guys. Talk to me about how you're thinking about the team right now. I mean, obviously, we knew this was going to be a rebuilding season for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. The main component of this season is seeing that these young guys develop and, you know, kind of take that next step. But how are you feeling now, man, down a seven in a row? I mean, are you at the point now where you're like, we need to sell off some of these parts and get more prospects in here. Like, what's your what's your viewpoint? My viewpoint is this. We got our butts beat against the Dodgers, friends. I mm -hmm. thought we played them tough. I wasn't shocked about that. I said, at least we know we out there competing. You know, we played four tough games against those guys, the Dodgers, that came out prevailed. Now, I guess <laughs> we went against uh, the Mets, of course. We took a beat, you know. Eight yep. loss there. The Orioles came in, done their part against us. We lost two against those guys. I mean, one game they really spanked us. The other game, I think we were in it. So I think in a way, Prez, we're missing a couple pieces to get us to being more competitive. But right now, some of the young guys are getting a good chance, pitches and all, Prez, to show what they're able to do. And I think they only can continue to grow from here. So we talk about selling off. I'm not sure it's off too much. 
the, the one guy I want to keep for sure is Contreras. You know, I talk a lot about him, yeah. but I don't want to sell off all the pieces, you know, because we do got some nice veterans in his locker room. Yeah, but I wonder, man, if Ian Happ might be one of those guys that they get up out of here. But I, I do agree with you in the fact that I think Wilson Contreras, they need to find a way to keep him in the Cubs uniform. Yeah, and you had a good point even when you said Ian Happ. All-star, I will trade him because you got some other players who can play the position. Right. And so, young guy. So, Ian Happ, good. Glad you're having a great season, bro. Keep it up because therefore your trade value goes up. So, that will be good for the Cubs to get something back in return. But to the point you were making about some of the young talent you guys have on that team, Keegan Thompson, you know, I've talked about him, Alec Mills, Nico Horner. I mean, you know, you guys got a lot of young talent on this team, and I think it's a reason for you guys to be optimistic. It's just going to be a little bit of a tougher road to, you know, to get back to contention, I think, over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be a tough road, but I do like some of the young talent. I like Nico Horner, Perez. I like him. I like Morel, Perez. These are some young guys who are like, man. Yeah, Morel's these guys a beast. Like, a beast. Yeah, and you started to see Higgins now get a chance to play. It's like, hey, look, PJ can kick your ball, man. So, hey, look, we got some players. And the firm system for you guys is pretty in, in good shape. I mean, that's one of the things when I look at my White Sox, our, our firm system is in shambles compared to where you guys are at. Yeah, because a lot of your farm system you all brought up, right? You brought <laughs> they up. started. Yeah. They all start now. Luis Roberts, et cetera. You know, you go on with that. But yeah, yeah. you got your guys out there playing now. But now you're looking for results now because these young players have shown you all, Prince, that they can do it. Now it's all about maintaining that consistency now and picking up where you left off last season, going to the next level. And so far, we didn't see that this season. But it's, it sucks, though. But at the end of the day, you all have high hopes for the young guys you got starting out there. Yeah, and I still got hopes that we'll uh, we'll make it to the playoffs this season. But I would just tell you, man, I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm not disappointed with the way the season's going. I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm not disappointed with Tony La Russa. I'm not calling for his firing, but I just will say that I need to see more from this team, and I need to see more from this manager that everybody hyped up to how he was going to be so strategic and <laughs> how he was going to do all these certain things. But all I just keep seeing is a guy making mistakes that a 77, 77-year-old manager with all this Hall of Fame uh, pedigree shouldn't be making. All I, will say, all I will say to that is last year, your great players, build them out. Now this season, they didn't do it. So now we're starting to see who Tony LaRusso really is. Yeah, well, I don't like it. Well, let's 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 move ahead here to our Illini content. So the Illini, a lot of exciting news here. We've been talking about it all offseason with the commitments that have been coming in. This upcoming season, I think A-Dub is going to be really, really exciting. Brandon Underwood, he looks really re uh, re rejuvenated. A lot of people didn't know what to expect with this team, though. We keep talking about that. All the type of talent that we lost from this team last year. Right. All we did is just fucking reload it, man. And it looks like Brad is really happy with the direction of things. And, I mean, we just added another surprise commitment with Zachary Perrin, who's coming over from France. And this was a guy right here that a lot of people didn't really know a lot about. But I'll tell you one thing. He had a lot of teams that were – he had a lot of colleges, A-Dub, that were going after him. UCLA, Texas, Memphis, and Florida. But he he decided to bring it to Champaign. His lint, 6'10". I like him as free and roll, Perez. Uh, I like the way he posts up. I mean, it's a lot that he can do for this team, Perez. And so I'm happy with what coach was able to do to pull that out, knowing that he's interested – other teams were interested in him, and he decides to go with a lot. Now, that just shows what coach was able to do. I mean, I thought this was a great move because it it really – addresses some of the size issues that we had because yeah when you look at this team we lost Kofi last year we lost yep. some considerable size so now 
with Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins in that front court. Now you add Zachary in the mix. That kind of like alleviates some of those concerns because to the point you made, 6'10", the guy that could come in here, dynamic size, has some really good skill. You know what I mean? Right. Good skill. And he can play off of the players on this team, like a Scott Clark, Chris, Jay Nepps. He can play off these guys, right? So he makes up a good mix if you see his style of play. So you like a guy that's that loose, that active, <laughs> that athletic. <laughs> yeah, this kid going to be a nice little player. What I did see in highlights is that I saw that he was constantly moving and looking for a position. And I think that's something that he's going to be able to bring to the Big Ten and bring to this Illini lineup. And that's yeah. going to help open things up for other guys on the court. Also, he's great at setting screens because that was something that I also yes. saw in some of the highlights as well. And all he's going to be able to do from that is set them screens, roll to the basket. And with that size, no one's going to be able to stop this kid. No, not at all, Perez. And he got a good touch around the basket too. Got some nice hands. That's what you want a, a guy that long to be able to play. And also, he plays tall. He doesn't play like short, anything like that. He plays since height. And if a guy going to play big, let him play big, baby. And that's what you want from a guy like him at his size. Yeah, and I will say this. This is a huge commitment uh, that the Illini got. Brad Underwood and his staff has done a tremendous Tremendous job with this team. When I look at a guy like Perrin, I got a comparison, and I know our Illini fans probably aren't going to want to hear this, but Trace Jackson Davis, the players for Indiana, that is a guy that I feel like Perrin plays like. They have similar skill set to me, similar type of game. And if he could be half the player that Trace Jackson Davis is, well, we got another good one here. Chris, that's not a bad comparison at all, man. I think if Zachary get a look, Tough, a little stronger. I think he could be exactly that and hit the weight room a little bit. Oh, man, game could probably expand even better. So you make a good comparison there. Well, listen, we know Fletch is the best in the business, so Fletch will get his hands on him. I've been seeing a lot of <laughs> shit on Twitter how Fletch been working with Scott Clark, and I can tell Scott Clark he already getting after it. So just trust me. I saw him. I seen Luke Goody. I seen Coleman Hawkins. Them boys, they, they, they ready. They ready. Yes, sir. They in there. All right, man. Well, listen, let's get into our Chicago Bulls talk, A-Dub. We haven't talked about the NBA draft, so that is come and gone. We're going to talk about that first audience, and then we're going to get into our thoughts on the Bulls and free agency. The first piece, though, A-Dub, Dalen Terry drafted 18 from Arizona. What were your thoughts there? Because that was a name that neither one of us brought up when we talked when we gave our prediction Bulls would potentially draft. Give me your thoughts on the pick at the time, and also what are your picks? What are your perception on him now after seeing him in a couple uh, summer league games? When I saw him draft, I was like, "What do we actually really, really see?" Right? It was more of a shocker for me, Chris. I was like, "Okay, what can this kid really bring to this team here?" So I'm like, "I really don't know." I'm still a little concerned, but watching him, Chris, it's like, "Oh, now I see that the height, the energy, the toughness, the passing ability." I'm like, "Yeah, oh." This makes perfect sense. So with this team here, this kid can continue to grow, especially even coming off the bench for his, for this team. So I was like, yeah, the Bulls made the right decision with him. I like this kid. He's raw talent for his. Once he gets better skill-wise, man, his skies can be a limit for this kid. Yeah, I think for me, A-Dub, when I saw he got picked at 18, and you know who I wanted. I wanted um, I wanted E.J. Liddell. You know, I, yep. I didn't make I didn't make that a secret. I and 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 and, and prayers and thoughts with EJ Liddell because he tore his ACL during the uh, summer league. But that was yeah. the guy that I wanted there at eighteen. A dub. So when I saw the Terry win at eighteen, I was familiar with his game, and I said, you know what, he looked good in the Arizona uh, run to the uh, to the final four and to winning the championship. But I thought a little higher than how he was projected. 
Yeah. However, to your point, watching him out there in Vegas, I think he's a great fit for this teammate, though. I mean, think yes. about this. He can handle the rock. He yep. rebounds. He shoots. He's like a glue guy out there. Tough as hell. And when I heard the reports that at practice he was talking shit to Pat Williams, <laughs> coming in like that. I'm like, this kid's a dog. He's a definite competitor, friends. He got it in him, man. Got a dog in him. So that's what you want to see. And in a way, it kind of hit me when I was thinking about Jimmy Butler when he first got with the Bulls. I'm like, can he elevate his defense to that level? That would be even better. So that's a kid, I think, in work in progress, friends. I think with him having that kind of mental toughness, that co competitive nature in him, if he builds his defense, ooh-wee, man. That's, this can be a steal. Now, one thing, though, that really, at first – when the pick was made, I thought they should have went front court, just because at that time I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, we gotta beef up some things there in that front court. When they make this pick, I'm thinking like, okay, we already got Caruso, we already got Lonzo, we already got Io, we already got some of these tough yeah. guards, right? And then you add Dalen. But then it made me wonder: Are they worried about Lonzo balling that knee potentially? And is that why they made this move? Could be because you you know when we go get into this when we talk about the free agent piece. Uh, Dragic, when he came in here, he said he was promised a 20 to 25 minute role here in Chicago. Mm, that is very interesting, but you're right. There might be some concerns around Alonzo Ball, and we need a another plan, right, in place, because Dragic's one of those guys that can come in and do some things for us. But yeah, Chris, I'm with you, man. There gotta be some concerns there. Have to be. But to the point with Daylon Terry, man, I think this kid's got a lot of upside, bro. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him at the Summer League, man. Just athletic, bro. Just out there, just playing really good. I mean, his most recent game against the Hornets, bro, that was his best game of the of the of the of the, of the summer so far. And he just made it look easy out there. He did, man. He can actually play for us. He's out there playing hard. He's not just taking his summer league thing so <laughs> soft or anything like that. He's playing out there, man, and um balling pretty hard, still learning, of course, still growing. But he's making every game count. So you can see out there that, hey, he's getting a little bit more comfortable out there on the floor. So that's what you want to see in a kid like that, going against other people who are trying to make the league and make a team. So everyone got something to play for. He feels like he has something to show, too. I mean, that's, that's a good point. Now, let's turn the page over to the free agency because a lot of people got a lot of thoughts about what happened in free agency for the Bulls. Obviously, for me and you, the biggest concern was, hey, what's going to happen with Zach here? I mean, yep. we were hearing rumors that Zach was going to test free agency, that he was going to meet with other teams, that he wanted respect, that he wanted the max contract. Well, he got those things. The Bulls gave him the max, and Zach even said that he didn't meet with any other team. So what were your thoughts there when you heard that from Zach? It, uh... it says, let's know that some of these rumors out there, friends, probably weren't even true at all. You know what I'm saying? About Zach and other interests with other teams and all those different things. Maybe his agents are putting things out there. Who knows? But it just shows that Zach really wanted to be here in Chicago, and that's what I appreciate more. Yeah, I think to your point, I don't think Zach ever had any intention of meeting with those other teams. I think that Clutch Sports put that shit out there because they wanted to make it clear to the Bulls that they wanted that five-year max with the player option and the 15% yep. trade kicker. They wanted to make sure that they got everything that they wanted, and they did. <laughs> exactly, because Zach make a point. I didn't meet with anybody. Doesn't mean my agents ain't trying to go and see what's going on. <laughs> they mm -hmm. got the right to do whatever. But Zach had his heart in the right place of wanting to be here in Chicago. I'm glad he got his money. 
that was one of the things I was kind of, you know me, Brez, I was concerned about it. Like, do we want to give Zach that kind of money? Right. And the Bulls would have said, you know what, we're going to go elsewhere. It wouldn't have been a surprise to me. It wouldn't have hurt my feelings either because I totally get it. But I will say that if Zach got the money, he got to live up to it. He has yeah. to. Yeah, he does. And I hope that these, these injuries and stuff are behind him. I hope that everything's going well with that knee. He said that it was a minor scope, but he said there was some rehab involved. So hopefully he's ramping things back up. And, he, and I hope that we get a season out of Zach that looks like the first part of that 2021 season they did. Because that first part of the season, boy, Zach was out there looking like an MVP. He was. Looked like he was a guy that's willing to take over, man. But I also want to see him step his game up on the defensive side of it. That's the part I really want to see more of because we already know what DeRozan can do. We also know what he cannot do. So right. we're going to need somebody like DeRozan, hey, I'm sorry, like Zach to say, hey, we need you to step your game up defensively and try to shut some of these guys down because we already know limitations on the team. But, I mean, that's why it's also important that they got so many of these lone guards on this team that have that versatility that they can defend multiple positions. True. I mean, to the point that I just made earlier, with Goran Dragic coming in here. He was promised 20, 25 minutes. So, in my mind, I'm looking at the guards that we have, and I'm like, how are you going to get that type of a role? <laughs> that's why I asked you earlier about Lonzo Ball, because they keep still saying that he's not progressing the way that they want. And I hear that those bone bruises they dub. They say sometimes them things can be as, as quick as recovering in a month, or sometimes they could take a whole year. That is the thing right there, Perez. You just don't know how this guy going to hit. But I kind of feel bad for him because that's a kid who really want to play, man. He really does. And not being able to be on the court with the team, be with the troops and play your role, that's going to be tough. But it has opened the doors for the Bulls to have to look elsewhere. And like you said, with Dragic, I see why they talk about giving him 25 minutes because he just might get that, especially if Lonzo Ball come back on, on minute restrictions. And exactly. All I know is they better not give him Derrick Rose's fucking jersey. <laughs> <laughs> they better not do that, man. I hope not, friends. Nah, you better fucking stay away from that shit. You shouldn't even have nightmares to see a, a number one in the Bulls jersey after the way Derrick put you on that damn poster. Nah, uh, you don't want that. That poster was ugly too, man. I'll say Rose got him on a good one, man. That's how like we played around for another 10 to 40 more years, friends. <laughs> That's all I saw on Twitter, man, when we signed Dragic. I saw that fucking meme in the in the in the, in the video and, and the Stacey King call. I was just sitting over here laughing. I'm like, well, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> Speaking about the front court, I, I mentioned that earlier about why I was a little kind of wondering why they didn't go after a front court player at 18 in the draft. Well, we see that they identified Andre Drummond as the guy that they wanted to get. We heard a couple names, right? We heard, you yeah. know, well, Bariani, right? And, and he decided mm -hmm. not to come here. Then we heard Drummond's name come up. We also heard the kid from the from the Magic, Bombo. We heard that there was some potential yep. interest in him, but he ended up staying with, with the Magic and he got paid. But we get Andre Drummond coming here. Ado, what were your thoughts on that move in free agency for the Bulls? I like Andre Drummond. I don't think he's a shot blocker, but I do know he's a banker, Chris. He's a guy that gets all, do the dirty work, Gets rebounding. I was okay with the press because he is a veteran, solid guy. He's not any world-class anything like that, but he will hustle and play hard. If he can do his job and make things tough for some of these other centers who got versatility and all those different things, I think that's a plus for him. But he is a little slow on his feet, so that's the concern there. But I do like the banking piece of it so when we can try to get rebounds. We finally got a true backup center, and that's no yeah. shade towards Tony Bradley. But we're plugging in Drummond at that two spot. And one of the things about Drummond that people continue to fucking sleep on, A-Dub, is this guy can get 10 to 15 rebounds in his sleep. He can. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we're going to bring in. He's going to be able to clean that glass. 
And that's going to be very important, whether it's in that second unit or if it's him closing out games, maybe down the stretch. And so I thought that the move was a solid move. Now, I know a lot of people were sitting here like, but it's Drummond. Yeah, they could have done a lot worse. You're right about that, Chris. Could have been a lot worse. But I think you hit a good point when you talk about having a backup center. You need a backup center. You need a couple in this era now. People can talk about how a rebound don't matter no more with the small ball thing. Oh, yes, it does when the playoffs. You see what happened in playoffs out of these teams been out rebounding people. You've seen what the Celtics have done. You've seen mm-hmm. what the Heat have done. Yeah, you got to be content with those guys who play tough defensively. So you're going to need a banger to go against those type of teams, man. And rebound is going to play an integral part. So we don't have to worry about that problem. Hopefully, we're having drum who's willing to do the dirty work. Yeah, he is. Derrick Jones Jr., he returned. But then we saw Detroit Brown Jr. ended up going to L.A. So yeah. that kind of rounds things out. But what I would say is this. I understood with the Bulls basically match, maxing out Zach Levine that they weren't going to have a lot of money to work with in free agency, right? So they would have to be creative with anything that they did. Right. So the fact that they're bringing back essentially the same roster that finished sixth in the conference last season, it, I'm kind of looking at this thing and I'm like, well, we don't know how this thing's going to progress, A-Dub. Because when you look at the East, Boston, Philly, Atlanta, they all got better. True. And so I look at us, we tried not the same type of team. So it'll be interesting to see how we're going to match up against some of these teams in the East. Yeah, that's going to be key right there, Perez. And a lot of it is banked on Zach Levine showing growth, right? Also the youth with Io, how much better he's gotten, right? right. That's going to be a part of it as well. And even, you say, bringing in Drogic, right, Perez? How much he has left in the tank? Remember, Drogic in the past was a guy who got 18, somewhere in the six, seven dimes a game. Not so much last year, but he shouldn't even take a role and play a role for a winning team and winning culture. So can he also help us? So we got some pieces. We got to see how it's going to fit, right? Is that enough to get us to the next level? I think to that point you made, and Zach made this point when people asked him about Pat Williams. and He was, he was like, hey, uh, do you guys need Pat Williams to take that next step? And Zach put it on on this on everybody. He said, it ain't just Pat. He said a lot of guys going to have to take that next step. And I think that right. he's right. When you look at the guys in the, in the way that they played, Io, who had a promising rookie year, he's going to have to take a step up. Caruso's going to have to stay healthy and take a step up. Right. We know he's a bad motherfucker. He needs to, <laughs> contain, he needs to sustain that level. Vooch. Vooch will have to take a step up. Zach's going to have to take a step up. All these guys are going to have to do more than what they did last year. Kobe White's going to have to step up. Right. And this is a guy that a lot of Bulls fans are over here like, oh, man, we want him out of here. And I predicted last year that I thought that they would trade him. Well, it didn't happen. And it seems like the organization is going to give Kobe another shot here to see what he's going to do. And I'm, from what I'm hearing, A-Dub, which I know a lot of Bulls fans don't give a fuck about, but they're saying that Kobe White's putting on muscle. And they said that he's looking good out there. Now, talk is cheap. I want to see it on the court, Kobe. But a lot of us Bulls fans, man, it's we're kind of looking at you like it's put up a shut-up time, bro. Yeah, it is. Put up a shut-up. I'm glad he got stronger. Good for him. Now he can hopefully can sustain and take some punishment. But we're going to need that scoring to be consistent. Now, I think where you're going with this, Perez, is all the players on this team are going to have to be a little bit more consistent, not just the Rosen, right? So you're going to have to take whatever you get. If that's six shots a game, seven, whatever. Be consistent at making shots. So you're going to have to shoot well because that's going to be something we're going to have to pretty much take a, a good look at, especially from deep, you know, for the three ball. So what can this team do from there? But you're right, man. A lot of players will have to show up, man, especially Kobe White. Well, Adel, before we get out of here, man, we let's let's 
get into some Bears talk here. So obviously, audience, training camp's coming up here in a couple weeks. The Bears have gone through their offseason programs. That's come and gone. But we had a little bit of a trade to happen. We had a little bit of a trade to happen this week, A-Dub, in that wide receiver room. Now, you and I have talked at length on DBE about this receiving room and the type of weapons that Justin Fields has at his disposal. So I want to get your thoughts, man. What do you feel or how do you feel about this Nikhil Harry trade that just popped off, man? What do you think this means for that wide receiver room right now? I thought that was pretty good because this guy's coming from the Patriots, Prez. You know how Belichick runs his offense, runs his team, you know what I'm saying? He want to make sure you get the most out of players, even no matter what kind of time they get, what kind of snaps or reps they get out there. So for the Bears to go after him, who actually come from a good culture and to bring him into this dynamic here, we want to create some more competition at the wide the spot. And I think this guy actually does have a real chance, Prez, as showing does that he can play a, a pivotal role. So he can really, to me, be a big factor if he's able to take that next step in this game. So I thought that was a low-key, interesting trade by Ryan Poles. Yeah, I thought, you know, the thing is that Ryan Poles continues to go after these guys that have something to prove, right? And when you look at the situation with Nikhil Harry, when he came into the league, people thought that, hey, that was a sleeper pick by the Patriots, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't pan out. And I'm intrigued about what he may be able to bring to the table here in Chicago, but I'm not going to put a whole bunch of expectations on it. Now, I know it's a different situation that there in New England, and Bill Belichick, he's going to put a lot of pressure on people. And there's probably a lot of reasons why he probably failed there in New England. But I'm hoping that this is a wake-up call for him, Nikhil Harriet, that is, and I'm hoping that he wants a second chance and he wants to take advantage of that second chance. And one of the things that we continue to hear things about out of Hallis Hall is that Tyke Tobert, the receivers coach, they say he has a really good ability to teach. Well, we'll see how that goes with, with Nikhil Harry, if he'll be able to take hold of that, if Luke Getzi will be able to get through to this guy. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But what I always say, A-Dub, is coaching is one thing. But in the NFL... Ain't nobody going to hold your hand. Nope. And it's going to be on Nikhil Harry to not only take the coaching, but it's going to be on him to want to take control of his career. It's going to be on him to realize, hey, my career is a little bit of a uh, at a fork of a road. It's at the right. fork of the road. You know what I'm saying, A-Dub? He's going to have to figure this shit out. Yeah, he's going to have to figure it out, Chris. And we saw some of the talent that he has, right, coming in, even with the Patriots. You go back and look at fan, whatever. You will see why they Patriots even wanted to get him. But you're right, Prince. If you don't execute on that, these are the kind of things can happen. You can get traded. So you're at a step right now where maybe a change in scenery will work for you. Maybe not. But guess what? Your career is in your own hands, what Prince is alluding to, that now you got to take it to the next step. So how bad do you really want it? Because this is your chance right here in a, with a group where people are saying that, hey, the Bears don't have a good wide receiver core. So therefore, you got no excuses then. If you want to show that, hey, you one of those guys, one of those good wide receivers out there, this is your chance to really prove that. I mean, he's getting put into a position now to really, um, you know, make a name for himself. And, you know, all yep. offseason, you and I have been talking about, oh, well, Byron Pringle's looking like that number two guy and then Vela Jones looking like that number three guy. Well, if Nikhil Harry comes in here and does something in training camp and shows something in preseason, hey, we might see a different pecking order in that receiving room. <laughs> exactly. He has a chance to be number two, Prince. Maybe, maybe even right. 
come to that number one, hopefully, right? Potentially wise, right? But the thing is, he got to show it. I'm with you. So this is his chance, though, Prince, to even be that guy. But I would tell you, the, some of the things that we heard coming out of New England, I don't know if these things are true. I can just tell you from my standpoint, they're saying that that New England Patriots offense is complicated. And Josh McDaniels just was kind of just sick of working with the guy. Now, from my standpoint, the things that I noticed on film, not highlights, is that Nikhil Harry struggles to get open. His route running needs a little bit of help. And that's why I was bringing up Tyke Tobert earlier, saying I hope that he could get his hands on Nikhil Harry and really help him with some of those nuances of the game, help him with that route run. Because the guy's 6'4", 230, 235, yes. whatever he is, he's a yep. specimen, bro. It's a big guy, Press. A big yeah. guy. And you, you need a guy like that that's physical in the wide out like that, Press. Because you know how it is. Some of these cornerbacks want to jam you up, man. But you need that kind of strength and ability. So if he can show us something, Press, of being able to take the physicality, like you said, and learn to create some better spacing, that could be the deal breaker, the, the, be the deal for him to move from just being a, a guy that could have been a has-been to a guy that, you know what, that's legit. I mean, well, think about this. We saw this with Allen Robinson when he was here in Chicago. Allen Robinson didn't get a whole bunch of separation. He made a shit ton of contested catches. And right. if that's what we're going to have to do here with Nikhil Harry, I'm good with that. Yeah, definitely, Perez. I'm with you. I'm good with that, too. But he got to show it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He got to prove that point right there. He got to get to that, get that chemistry with Justin Fields. He has to work his butt off, so... I know the eight ball is against him in a way with chemistry, if you want to call it that, with him and Justin Fields, but he got a lot of making up to do, Perez. So if he really wants this, how bad he wants it, he got to put that work in, bro. No, he really does. He really does. Well, listen, A-Dub, audience, we're going to have so much on tap for you guys when it comes to training camp. A-Dub and I will be covering Bears training camp at Hallis Hall, so we'll have updates for you guys on our Twitter account, on our Instagram account. So stay tuned in with us. Final segment time. If this city could talk, keeping it short and simple as always, audience, you guys knew you guys know about the horrific shooting that took place on July 4th in Highland Park here in the Chicagoland area. I just saw an article, a dub, an audience. I just saw an article where they talked about one of the shooting victims, Cooper Roberts, eight-year-old boy who's now paralyzed from the waist down after being wounded in that, in that parade. So if this city could talk, it would just ask everyone to keep Cooper in your thoughts, keep Cooper in your prayers, because he's fighting for his life right now. Touch my heart with that one, bro. And I hope everything goes well with a recovery, man, because that's just hard seeing any victim in that kind of situation. Innocent folks who have done nothing wrong to anyone, prayers, so have to go through that. If this city can talk, this is a piggyback on what prayers are saying. I want to salute. A lot of these Chicago teams, Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox, the Bears, the WNBA, Chicago Sky, just from putting words out there of saying, hey, we understand what happened in Highland Park and showing their uh, remorse for what actually occurred and also standing up for the victims who are all involved. I just want to thank them for actually putting some light on this here because this is a big thing that's going on. It's a big problem with gun laws. As we talked about Perez before. It's a lot happening, and we're just tired of seeing mass shootings and innocent people getting killed over, over nothing. So City Can Talk, we're with those people as well, we're with the teams, we're with the players. Yeah, and, and not only there, but just 
anyone that's affected by, by these incidents. But no, I, I, I definitely agree with the sentiment, A-Dub, and it's time for us to all come together. It's, it's time for us to really just work together and find ways to coexist in this world. This is a tough world. Everybody's on edge right now. Yeah, and we got to do better. And I do commend those teams for stepping up. But I think as a people, we all got to be better. I'm with you, Prince. We got to be better, baby. All right, audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform. We got a very special guest on tap for you guys next week on the platform. So make sure you lock in with us. We appreciate your continued support with Chicago State of Mind, and we are out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.